There's nothing like league. And this is the Betfred Super League. everyone welcome along to the second edition of eddie and steve-o the podcast of 2023 supported as ever by our friends at betfred now thanks to all of you who tuned in last week and were so kind with your comments yes it is good to be back in business and it's great to be with you once again well as ever there's a lot to discuss some shock results to mull over the start of the nrl campaign in australia where wayne bennett is weaving his magic again and of course, the man with his ear close to the ground down under is Steve-O, joining us again from his home in Sydney. Steve-O, hello there, and quite a week. We've had our first coaching casualty of the season up here. Three games in, Castleford and Lee Radford parting company. That's a bit quick, isn't it? Three games? Obviously, I don't think he was sacked. I think he made the decision and said, I'm getting out of it. Lee Radford is a pretty switched-on guy. And I think... The explosion that has surrounded the Castleford side and the Castleford sort of town, I mean, must have been horrific. And I think that he said, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. Well, his statement says, with the club and myself heading in different directions, I think making this early call will be the correct one. Hopefully it can kick start their season starting this Friday away at Huddersfield. I mean... Ree Radford is not a bad coach. OK, he's had a bad start to the season, but three games in for both parties to walk away? I mean, it's early days. For goodness sake, there's a full season to go. Surely they could have rescued it. I, I don't think it was Castleford's decision. I think deep down that Lee Radford said, I want to get out of it. Simple as that. It was a no-win situation. OK, they've lost three on the trot. I think they did that before and they still kept him on. I honestly feel that it is Lee Ratford's decision and certainly not the Castleford Club's decision. But that's only my opinion. Well, I think you might be right because the reports are already linking him with a move to Australia. Uh, he's a big pal of Craig Fitzgibbon. He played with him uh, at uh, Hull in, in the early part of the 21st century. Um, they're saying... That's his next destination, Cronulla. Off he goes. Um, you might be having him as a neighbour, Steve-O. Uh, well, uh, I live in the Northern Beaches, which is quite a fair way away from, <laughs> uh, from the, the Sutherland shower, Shires, you know what I'd say. Well, calling them the shower, they certainly didn't play up to expectations at home against Souths. Souths played exceptionally well. 27-18, they finished up winning. But uh, some of the defence that Cronulla showed there, maybe, maybe that there is an opportunity for Ratford to pack his bags and fly out to Australia. 
Well, he is joining the ever-growing list of players and coaches exiting, exiting the country. Um, as far as his successor is concerned, Danny Ward, Steve, I was apparently thrown his hat into the ring. He's expressed an interest in taking over at Cass. Well, I've read that there's around seven or eight that <laughs> that have put in their uh, put in their hat in the circle. Uh, Danny Ward certainly is one of them. I think he's quoted at seven to one or something like that. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing situation. They all come pouring in. Uh, even Brian Noble, I think he was quoted at 45 to 1 to take the job. I think the days of uh, Brian coaching maybe just have gone. Well, Wayne Bennett's doing it, and, uh, you know, the, the, the people uh, in football up here, um, Neil Warnock at Huddersfield Town, he's 70 odd. You know, he's taken charge of. Of the club, look, it, it, it's great to speculate. Let, but that's our job, Eddie, isn't it? Yeah, of course. You know, for how many years we worked together and we speculated uh, like every week. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of people said it was rubbish what we said, and, and most of the time they were correct. <laughs> <laughs> but but on, on the odd on the odd occasion, we did get something right. Uh, look, and talking of which, coming down to Australia. Uh, look, Tim Sheens, I played alongside Tim Sheens at Penrith for, for five years. Uh, it turned out to be a fantastic coach. And, of course, he's taken over uh, at uh, the West Tigers. And he made it quite clear that he will not rush John Bateman into playing. He said he wants him to settle down. Uh, but after their showing, I must say, uh, they weren't all that good. Gold Coast beat them 22-10 uh, on their home ground. And it was quite clear, as far as I'm concerned, that the likes of John Bateman getting into first grade as quickly as possible is what Tim Sheens would be looking at. I'm sure he will be. He's a shrewd coach, and so too is Wayne Bennett. And we'll come on to Wayne Bennett, Steve-O, later on uh, in the podcast. But up here in the Betfred Super League, last week, five teams unbeaten. Now we've only got two, Warrington and the Catalan Dragons. The Catalan Dragons brought Hull down to earth with a bump, 38-6 in Perpignan. Tony Smith bemoaning the journey, amongst other things, and the fact that his team didn't play well. For goodness sake, Catalan Dragons do that journey every other week up here. Yeah, it, it's a bit rich for Smith to be saying that uh, the travelling certainly didn't help them. Uh, it can affect uh, quite a few players. It can affect uh, quite a few team performances, as we've, as we've known in the past. But as you say... Um, Catalan do it every other week so they really can't point the finger at that it, it's obvious that Catalan was far too good I saw the highlights and they were far too good and were beaten uh, they beat Holt very very easily not just fluky but easily it's a problem for Smith to sort out it is, and uh, Catalan look like they're on the way to another good season. Warrington, Steve Oak, second half comeback against Salford. Now, Salford looked really good in the first half. They were 20 points to six up at half time. They lost 36 20. But Warrington, now, I couldn't believe this. Two eight point tries. We haven't heard of an eight point try for years, and we got two in the one game. A bit like London buses came along in pairs. <laughs> Listen, it, it, you can't just look at the fact that it, the two eight-point tries, he missed one of the extra goals anyway. 
He did. Uh, was the reason why they turned over. Of course, you've got to look at the fact that Salford, after losing really, uh, had, had a major effect, had an enormous effect. But don't take anything away from the Wolves. Sometimes in a game, someone being sent off, someone being injured, it just ignites the opposition. I watched that game and I'm telling you now, it was as though the opposition, Warrington said, wow, we've got a golden opportunity now because they scored very, very quickly after he went to the sidelines. And that had a wonderful effect of lifting the Warrington side. And they've got rid of what the coach said wasn't up to standard. And now he reckons he's got a team that is up to standard. They were outstanding, Eddie, in that second half. They were. 12 months ago, they'd have lost the match. I think everyone agrees with that. They could never come back from 20 points to six down at half-time. But I just want to talk to you about the sinning of Ryan Briley by the referee Jack Smith. It looked harsh. It really did. We don't see anything on television, obviously. But the penalty count at the stage that he was sent off was just 6-4 in Warrington's favour. Now, that doesn't sound to me like an ill-disciplined game. But Jack Smith, very quick with the, refer- with, the, with the whistle and very quick with the yellow card. Well, that's his job. I mean, last week, everyone was saying, oh, the standard of refereeing is fantastic. Look, they're only human beings. And if I was on the losing side and we had a player sent to the sin bin or sent off, etc., then it would be a great excuse for me to say that's the reason why we lost. Some of these coaches, they, they're not happy to be put under the spotlight by being interviewed uh, and without saying, well, obviously, you know, uh, really was, was to me the, the turning point. Yes, it was a turning point, but you can't blame the referee. And the two eight-point tries. Look, we are desperately trying to make sure that this game of rugby league is not as rough and tough as it has been in the past. There's a lot of complaints, a lot of players, ex-players, who are trying to sue the game itself because of concussion. All the clubs that say that lost said that having a player having to be tested by not their doctor, but an independent doctor, had taken them from the field of play. Now, you can't have it both ways. You can't be saying, look, we're trying to clean up this game. And thankfully, the New South Wales Association and and the NRL, they've turned around and said, listen, we're trying to clean up our game. They're an invidious situation whereby you can't have one thing and then say, oh, well, that's the reason why we're losing. They've got it all wrong. Well, to be fair to uh, Paul Rowley, he didn't complain about the referee's performance uh, and he took the, the defeat on the chin. It, it's only a matter of opinion when you think the sim binning was fair or otherwise. And we've, we've had our say on that. But I want you to have your say on the man really who turned Warrington around, and that's George Williams. This is a different George Williams than we saw 12 months ago as well. Do you know something? A lot of people raised their eyebrows uh, when he was selected for England in last year's World Cup. And I think that that tournament, he was outstanding, was Williams. I thought he was one of the best players throughout the entire tournament, and it has turned his future around. After playing very well down in Australia, he became a very, very big hit at Canberra, and 
sometimes it takes a little bit to get into the swing of things but he is the man and if I had a bob to spare I would be putting a few shillings on George Williams for being man of steel at the end of the season because he is in top form one of the best I've seen performances individual performances I've seen both in the in the World Cup and with this wonderful win for Warrington yeah he's on fire and uh, if he keeps it going I don't think that will be a, a bad shout now the other uh, surprising result uh, from the Super League at the weekend was Leeds getting this last minute drop goal from Blake Austin to beat St Helens uh, again, there was talk in this match of an eight-point try. This time it wasn't given by the referee, Chris Kendall. Uh, the extra two points might have made all the difference to Saints, but so too would a relatively easy penalty. What am I talking about? I've never taken one in my life. But a relatively easy penalty that Makinson missed as well. Leeds claiming their, claiming their first win of the season. It'll do huge amounts for their confidence, this. Winning at the home of the world champions. And Rowan Smith says he's never lost his belief in his team. Well, you talk about belief. Uh, if you look at the St. Helens coach, you've got to say to yourself, St. Helens lacked discipline. They threw that game away. I'm taking nothing away from the fight back by Leeds, and that drop goal was sensational, and they fully deserved it because they were allowed. They were allowed to get back into that game. St. Helens maybe you could say they put the cue on the rack I'm not right sure they had the game under wraps and their lack of discipline why did they go to, to things like that when all they had to do was control the game they had a lead and all they had to do was make sure that their defence was solid etc and so forth giving away silly penalties talking I mean a lot of players were talking back to the official and it, it was as though that in the last 20 minutes they completely lost the plot it didn't surprise me because you can't afford these days to allow any team once you get into the lead you've got to make sure that <laughs> you make it count and go back to not overplaying but underplaying once you get that lead let's just keep it that way keep our defence going don't do anything extravagant. And most of all, don't give away silly penalties. Stop going, hey, die. Don't delay tackles, all this sort of thing. Uh, a lot of the players were complaining to the official. That's not like St. Helens. That's not like the Saints at all. And this may amaze you, Eddie, but I think it, it will do St. Helens a world of good because they've come back on a high they're the world club champions everything's wonderful everybody in rugby league in England uh, and, and in France they're saying apart from the Catalan they're saying you know Saints will make it five on the row well this is a real kick up the backside for them well there was a lot of fallout from the game Steve-O you mentioned the, the indiscipline three St. Helens players are now banned. Uh, Conrad Horrell for the shoulder charge, Curtis Sirunen and Sione Matautia as well. Um, now, I'm, I'm not complaining about the Horrell uh, send-off. It was a, a shoulder charge to the head. But the, the, the penalty that was never given against Sam Walters of Leeds, his shoulder charge, that went unpunished on the field, other than a penalty being given. Um, 
Now, the disciplinary committee later this week charged Sam Walters because of the shoulder charge. No ban, but a £250 fine. So, you know, I just wonder what the difference was. I know I know, Hurrell hit the man on the head, but that was a hell of a shoulder charge from Sam Walters as well. It really was. Yes, it was, and uh, is being punished after the game. And I'm sure that the coaches don't like that sort of thing. But we keep getting back to the fact that they're human. And also, some of the St. Helens players, they're human too. They didn't close down the game which they should have done. They had, it, they had it in their pocket, and they knew they had it in their pocket. And doing silly things like that, you know, a shoulder charge, why? Why let the opposition have, have a go? I'm not taking anything away from Leeds. Uh, all of a sudden, they got the green light. They weren't, they weren't stuck at the traffic lights. They've gone, hang on, we can win this, and they bounce back. It will do, as you say, it'll do a lot for... Leeds confidence. Now, another notable win. Lee. They beat high-flying Holkingston Rovers 30 points to 25. Josh Charnley's last play try sealing a dramatic win. Do you know it was their first ever win over Hull KR in the top flight? Fantastic night for Lee, this. I think it's been a fantastic start to the season, hasn't it? You know, you've got a bit of an upset here, there, and, 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 and I think to myself, you know, Josh Charnley has been a good player all the way through. Uh, honest winger. And for him to get that dramatic win uh, would do wonders <laughs> for Lee. A lot of people thought that they would struggle, etc. and so forth. But to win like that against a high-flying Old Kingston Rovers, let's not forget, they, they look, they've been looking pretty good until the last defeat. So it's they anybody's have. this year, isn't it? It certainly seems to be the case. It does. A bit of fallout from the whole KR Lee game, by the way. Sean Kenny Dowell, apparently uh, he got involved with an injured player on the floor and he's been banned for four games. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're scratching their head, apparently, uh, the Robins, to see why that's happened. But if you remember last year, there was big, big suspensions handed out to players who tried to pick players up who were prone on the floor. So, you know, Sean Kenny Dowell out for four. It's look. It, it, it's a, the lack of self-discipline. It's a lack of just losing your head. It happens in in general life, but when you're under pressure like that, in a high-pressure game of rugby league, anything can happen, and it, it's just difficult. And I, I'm pleased that disciplinary committee have said you can't do that, and you've got to be banned. Well, you can't do it because you could cause more damage to the injured Correct. player. That's that's absolutely right. And, and the fact that Saints have lost three players from their match. Lee this week, they're at home to St. Helens. Steve, would you believe I've actually had an invitation to go to the Leeds Saints game on Friday, thanks to Derek Beaumont, the owner. It's his birthday. So it'll be interesting to see how they react uh, to that win and how Saints react to their defeat. Well, you'd think they'd bounce back because, you know, they're the world club champions. They've won the last last four tournaments. Of course, they'll fight back. But losing key play, three key players is not going to be easy. And they'll be buoyed, will they? And the one thing I am looking forward to is a packed house. The crowds in Australia, Eddie, have been phenomenal. 
Unbelievable. And Lee are doing an awful lot to try and get people through the gates. Uh, they've got Michael Smith, the world darts champion. He's a big Saints fan anyway. He's coming to the game. And they've also got the group Tapau. They're playing the pre-match entertainment. So Derek Beaumont this year really is pushing the boat out at the Lee Sports Village. Let's Fingers crossed he does get a good, a good crowd there on, uh, on Friday night. Well, he deserves it because it, he does. he's pumped in millions into, the, into that club. And it, look, there's not many people in the world that have the faith to be relegated and fight to come back. David Hughes, you know, he did exactly the same thing and still supports the London Broncos. Yeah. And to find a, a person like Hughes at Beaumont, you know, they're like gold dust. They are the type of people, Eddie, that we, that we need to make sure that our game of rugby league not only expanded, but is such a highlight that the crowds, they get packed into the stadium. I mean, there were full houses all the way across the first the first round of the NRL. Un unbelievable. Yes, and our, our, and our attendances up here, Steve, aren't doing badly either. They're, they're on the up at the moment, which is, which is yeah. fantastic. And if Derek Beaumont I mean, he's, he's, he's got to be down in the dumps after Liverpool beat them 7-0, his beloved Manchester United, last week. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that on Friday night. But it is his birthday, and what a birthday present it would be for Derek if Lee could claim a win over Saints. Well, yeah, they're near neighbours, aren't they, when you think about it. Uh, uh, by the way, have you, have you bought him a present? Uh, the present is my present. The, pre <laughs> the, the, the present is my present. Come on, Eddie, put your, put your hand in your pocket. Oh, I might do now. You've embarrassed me now. I'm going to have to go and get something for him. I can see this coming. <laughs> and look, you and devil. the card. Oh, a card as well. Well, I will save on the yeah, postage stamp because yeah. I'll deliver it personally. Uh, look, and talking of birthdays, happy 60th to Paul Cullen, our old mate. He celebrated apparently by climbing Ben Nevis and swimming in the lock in this weather, dearie me. Uh, David Watkins, he turned 81 at the weekend. Uh, and also, cause for celebration, Steve-O, James Roby granted the freedom of the borough of St. Helens by the local council, along with the aforementioned Michael Smith, the world darts champion, and Sean O'Loughlin. Uh, he collected his OBE from the Princess Royal at Windsor Castle last week, a 19-year career, 459 games, still going strong, at Wigan, the defensive coach in the Matt Pete setup, <laughs> he must be doing something right defensively. 66 nil and 36 nil in their last two games. That keeps your job, doesn't it? Doesn't it just? <laughs> doesn't it just? But coming back to Roby, what a player! Uh, I have to look. I've seen some wonderful hookers there throughout the years and years and years, but I've got to say, for 100 percent all-round performances both in attack and defence, James Roby. And surely, Eddie, at the end of this season, I don't think he'll sign on for another year. I think this will be his last. And surely, he'll be given the King's honour. At least an MBE. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely, fingers crossed. The, the, the local council in St. Helens have done their bit. He's the freedom of the borough, or is going to be given the freedom of the borough latest this year. Uh, he's been a fantastic... Yeah, I wouldn't write him off for next year, you know. I mean, 37, he looks like he's 27. And he's fit, and he keeps on going, and he's playing as well as ever. Well, there comes a time when you've got to pull the plug. But um, I do hope... Look, we were talking about 
uh, the coach of the wheelchair champions last week how he should get a King's Award uh, James Roby he, th- he deserves one as well 100% now then let's look at what's going on we've touched on it briefly here and there we, let's look at what's going on in the NRL Steve-O Wayne Bennett he's 73 he took yes. charge of his first ever game for the Dolphins the 17th and newest club in the NRL it's based in Redcliffe 17 miles north of Brisbane 28-18 over the Roosters he got 32,000 people at the Suncorp Stadium to watch it and people have mentioned that Bennett coached Brisbane Broncos to their first night win against Manly when the Broncos arrived on the scene 35 years ago Wayne Bennett okay you know as England coach uh, a lot of people raise eyebrows a lot of people have their own opinions but what a remarkable man 73 you know incredible he's carrying on at 73 James Roby will be hooker for St Helens at 73 the way this is going (laughs) Wayne Bennett is something different over the years okay never had as much success at uh, with Australia never had much success with Great Britain but when it comes down to getting a bunch of players who virtually have been written off they were more or less being scheduled as wooden spooners before a ball was kicked now to beat the Roosters 28-18 and the Sydney Roosters they are also being tipped as having a fantastic season this year and let's face it they've got some great players now Joseph Suwali he has just signed a new long term up until 2024 he turned down would you believe over 1 million dollars per year to turn to rugby union wow and the roosters not only want to and he, they must have paid somewhere i think it was on 700 grand last year so it must be at least 800 grand for the next few to 2024 and the Roosters have made it quite clear they want to extend after 2024 uh, to make sure that Suwale stays as a rooster all his career. You mentioned Suwale last year, so he's caught the eye for, for quite some time, this guy. Oh, it, it, it's amazing. He wants to play full back, and that's where he played at international level. But you can't push the Australian captain, can you, out of the number one position on the Roosters. I mean, you just can't say, oh, well, we think he's better than Tedesco. So they've had to play him in the centres. But he's made it quite clear he doesn't like playing in the centres. Even so, the Roosters are quite willing to pay him nearly $1 million a season to keep him there. He, he, he was outstanding in the World Cup, Eddie, and is going to be the star of the NRL for many, many years to come. Canterbury Bulldogs have bought well. They've brought in Cameron Ciraldo, who was assistant coach under at Penrith for three years, and it looked as though they were going to be the surprise package for this season. Well, they played Manly 
and Manly beat them 31-6. Unbelievable. They just completely ripped the Bulldogs apart. And the likes of Burton, Adokar, Kikau, Kikau especially, who they paid massive money to take away from the Penrith Panthers, uh, looked like a player that didn't know what he was doing. They were completely outclassed. And it was probably uh, the best I've seen from their halfback, uh, Cherry Evans. Uh, Manly were just outstanding. The Sea Eagles were flying. And Cherry Evans was behind nearly every single try. It's the best game I've seen him play for many, many a year. The Dally M Award, which is like the Man of Steel that we have in England, um, they've decided to change the system. Uh, they used to have one judge at every single game who gave out three points, two points, one point vote. They've now changed it because they think it's fairer to not have just one judge, but two judges. So in effect, one player could gain six votes per game. I think it's the best way to do it because sometimes you, maybe the judge that was at the game doesn't have maybe the foresight of how a player plays, etc. When you've got two there, I think you get a better assessment of the players. Yeah, but couldn't it work the other way? You could get two players with three points and it could make it an even tighter race for the Dally M at the end of the year. Well, all I know is, is the fact that uh, if, say, someone is second best or whatever, then I might give it to him and then he might give one point to the other. So you could finish up with, with four points or, as you say, someone could win uh, three points from both judges. I think, it's a, I think it's a lot fairer and I think it's going to be a lot better. And also in Australia, of course, the great Dave Fafita, right? Brisbane have been keen to get him back, okay, from the Titans, but he's turned them down. He's turned down $1.2 million per year, right, that the Brisbane were keen to get to him. But then they had to come back and say, no, we can't afford 1.2. Is already reputed to be on over 1 million per year at the Titans. Anyway, two days ago, he signed a new three-year deal up to 2026. Boy, <laughs> there's some money floating about in Australia. It is, isn't it? And no wonder Lee Radford's looking on a coaching job down there and no wonder uh, John Bateman is down there and no wonder all the others from uh, the UK are down there as well. Rich, rich picking Steve-O. Do you ever think, old boy, do you ever think you were born before your time? How much, how much would you be worth in 2023 to the Penrith Panthers? Probably about <laughs> 20 24 quid. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. I know you did all right out of the move down to listen. Listen, Eddie. It, listen, Eddie. It, it's not a matter about about regards to how much money they're earning now, because when you look, if you want to buy a house uh, in any of the Sydney suburbs, especially if you to the coast at Manly and Northern Beaches down in Cronulla or whatever, you're talking up to three million to get a decent four or five bedroom place 
with a swimming pool, accepted. So they fully deserve it. But the one advantage they have over us in the UK is that they've got the television rights absolutely spot on. Yeah. And that's why they can pay the big money for the Lee Radfords and the John Batemans of this world. So a house in the Northern Beaches worth three to four million. Steve-O lives, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, on the Northern Beaches. So there you go. I'm talking to a multi-millionaire each and every week <laughs> on our podcast. And talking of which, send us a couple of bobbles. Hang on, and hang I'll, on. And I'll, hang buy on. Derek, I'll buy Derek Beaumont a present from you as well. And so you should. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, it's all right. It's all right for you to start saying it's worth this and worth that. Okay. Um, it, it's difficult to keep up with the cost of living in living in these wonderful areas. Oh, you can manage it. Keep up with the Joneses, Steve-O. You've always done that all your life. Keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> okay, look, it's always great to get an insight into the NRL with you every week. We get an insight also into the fact that you're living in a in a mansion in Sydney, and I have this plea for you, Steve-O. <laughs> Keep sending the money. Keep sending it up. I bow to your bank balance. I bow to your great knowledge, and I'll talk to you again next week. Okay, Eddie. I'll I'll just go and have a swim in the pool before I go to bed. Bye.